0: Hello. Welcome to Colonel's of Truth, brought to you by Progress Kentucky. We have an important episode for you this week. We have got our News of the Week segment covering some big D.C. political news items. Maybe more heat than light, uh, but our senators grabbed some headlines this week, so we will weigh in. Then we got a Kentucky 120 United view of the General Assembly session from guest host Jenny War Bolander. Uh, and in that vein, we'll bring on our guest and friend of the show, Bruce Maples, the publisher of Forward Kentucky to describe our, uh, their new tool, the legislative scorecard, how folks can use that uh, to you know find out what their legislators uh, have been up to in Frankfurt. Then we're gonna close out with our action and events calendar. But first, uh, are you ready to help turn Kentucky purple? We know that our Commonwealth has some work to do if we're gonna beat back the red wave of bad politics and policy in the GOP supermajority in Frankfurt from making abortion illegal to, uh, you know, a war on uh, teachers and public education, Uh, lots of bad efforts, uh, bad faith policy happening in Frankfurt. Uh, And we need you to weigh in to help us push it back. So if you want a commonwealth that works for all of us, join Progress Kentucky. It's easy. Just follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you spend time on social media. Uh, Make sure to give us a like, a share, a comment on our content to help the algorithm Uh, jumpstart what we're trying to do. You can also join our email list quite easily. Take one of our action alerts uh, and uh, add your voice to the conversation, and it will uh, add you to our email list so you get updates that way. If you like what you're hearing on Kernels of Truth, whether the live stream or as a podcast, give us a thumbs up, leave us a review, or share out the show. All right, so let's check in with our co-host. Let us know who you are, where you are, and what does your protest sign say today? And you, on the internet, you are absolutely welcome, encouraged, uh, urged to add your protest sign uh, to the chat uh, wherever you're watching us. Uh, We want to see what you've got to say about the political uh, landscape today. Uh, So mine says, uh, the GOP waged war on the poor, and public education. Remember in November, my name's Aaron. Uh, I am uh, coming to you from uh, Childsburg, which is a, uh, a lovely subdivision, uh, just, just right at the growth boundary of Lexington. Uh, and let's check in with uh, co-host Kimberly
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Kimberly Cecil Jones, and I'm coming to you live from Louisville, Kentucky, home of the Kentucky Derby, of course, which is coming up in two weeks. And my protest sign today is really what you want to call a resolution. I just want to show it off to everybody that Colonel Pamela Stevenson, or should I say State Representative Pamela Stevenson, gave me this and it comes from the house of representatives and it's a resolution recognizing the last day of february the day connecting black and women's history months as a day to honor black women and this is signed by the speaker of the representatives and miss pamela stevenson with the uh seal you all see that
0: yeah that's awesome
1: Mm-hmm. I know y'all jealous, but you yeah. know that's really cool. <laughs> I
0: thought it was gonna be Kimberly Cecil, uh, you know Jones Day. I thought I were gonna we we're gonna miss that but no, oh cool. I
1: already got one of those. when I was Miss Plus America in two thousand twelve, Greg Fisher gave me that. He gave me a key to the city. just all kinds of goodies. Uh, that's been a long time ago, but I had a fun that year.
0: <laughs> VIP Kimberly Cecil Jones right there, VIP with us here on kernels of truth that's a really cool resolution uh representative colonel pam's our favorite uh not our favorite legislator one of our favorite legislators. i don't want to like you know i don't want to diss anyone because uh i love everyone who's come on kernels of truth but uh, we need to have her back can you make that happen kimberly
1: yes Matter of fact, it's so important how uh, people feel about this show that uh, the chairwoman of the party here in Jefferson County uh, was like, Kim, uh, can you work on getting Colonel Pam back on Colonels of Truth? What? Say it isn't so. Of course.
0: Well, all right, then. You heard it here first, folks. Text her right now. See, can we get her next week? Uh, We'd love to have her next week. Uh, All right. So that is, uh, that's Kimberly. And we have a special first time ever co-host joining us tonight. So exciting. Jenny Ward-Bolander. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm good. I'm joining you tonight from Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, the wild and wonderful Lawrenceburg, Kentucky.
0: Fantastic. And If you're going to have a protest sign, what would your protest sign say today?
2: Oh, goodness. I was thinking about that and sort of hoping you wouldn't ask me. Um, I uh, I protest. I'm protesting people who are not nice to people who work in public education. Always, always my protest sign.
0: Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, there's a ton of them uh, in Frankfurt. Uh, I guess they're not there right now because the session's out uh, and they've gone back to their uh, their districts. Where they plot and scheme for further horrible things they can do to teachers, I suppose. Yes. All right, uh, so this is uh, really exciting. Glad to have you with us, uh, Jenny. In case you were tuning in and thought maybe that Nima was going to be uh, a co-host, uh, there has been some change up. Whenever I deal with you know you know One Twenty United, <laughs> they like to throw curveballs at me, uh, and uh, so we're super thrilled to have Jenny, and we hope that uh, Nima uh, is able to join us in the future. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm sure. Right. So, but we have lots of news uh, from our DC crew. Let's go ahead and jump into news of the week. Uh, So first story, you know, there was, when I was first thinking about this episode, I was like, let's not even do DC. It's just so lame back there. Let's just focus on Frankfurt. But then both our senators were like bound and determined to get on the show because they were just over the headlines. All the political shows, were talking about them I'm like, well, I guess we got to do it, too. Uh, we can't ignore Mitch. So uh, really interesting. A new book is coming out. This will not pass. And it has got it's got the receipts. It's got the recordings of all these just hypocritical, ridiculous Republicans talking to each other about how, you know. How horrible Trump is, and they really need to hold him accountable. And Mitch uh, didn't get as much attention as Kevin McCarthy, but there's definitely some truth bombs that have been dropped from this uh, Washington Post article. uh, Hours after a mob ransacked the U.S. Capitol on January 6th in a bid to block the certification of the 2020 presidential election, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell described himself as exhilarated about the potential damage to President Donald Trump, which, you know, not shocking. We knew. That Mitch never liked Trump, but was more than happy to work with him uh, to, you know, screw over the country. Uh, But here's the quote from the book. I feel exhilarated by the fact that this fellow finally totally discredited himself. McConnell told Jonathan Martin, one of the authors of the book, uh, when asked about his feelings on the violence and the rioters. Trump, the Kentucky Republican said, was pretty thoroughly discredited by this. He put a gun to his head and pulled the trigger, he said, standing in a doorway of the Capitol after midnight. Couldn't have happened at a better time. <laughs> Mitch went on. What did you hear about the 25th Amendment? He asked Martin, eager for intelligence about whether the cabinet and vice president might remove Trump from office, according to the book. Then McConnell said, according to the book, that he'd spoken to Senate Minority Leader Charles Schumer and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi about issuing a joint statement telling Trump to stay away from the inauguration. Uh, a McConnell spokesman declined to comment on the book <laughs> All right so you know this is this is really just this serves as a good reminder of you know what you know what he was in fact saying uh, when this went down right uh, in the immediate aftermath uh, he saw a political opportunity uh, and he jumped on it but he didn't really jump on it he let other people jump on it he, he was more than willing to let other folks kind of jump on the grenade for himself he kind of stood back he made one you know one statement, I think, from the Senate floor about it and about, you know, Trump, uh, you know, really having a lot of responsibility to what happened. But, you know, it uh, it went on, right? So when he was that, that clip of him speaking on the Senate floor uh, was uh, pretty, pretty significant, uh, we thought at the time. Uh, and he was, you know, I think in a lot of the January 6 news, uh, he was ve- featured very prominently, Uh, And his clip was actually shared by the Trump shadow chief of staff, uh, Sean Hannity, to the acting chief of staff and vote fraudster uh, Mark Meadows, calling it as bad as this can get. So (laughs) when uh, Mitch was lining up uh, against Trump, Hannity thought it was pretty horrible. Of course, did it last? No. Did it have an impact? Mm, No. Uh, And Trump was able to waltz out, of you know, obviously impeached for the second time. But not uh, held actually accountable and not uh, forced, you know, kept from uh, coming back and trying again. Anyway, uh, so that was I thought a pretty big story we should cover. And then everything exploded uh, the day before yesterday with this Rand Paul story. So Rand Paul once again, you know, absolutely making himself uh, a a jackass in the you know in the Senate in a subcommittee or committee rather. uh, You know, Putin's postmaster, Russian Rand. Taking up the Moscow talking points in an exchange with President Bush's Secretary of State Tony Blinken. Uh, really, most sane individuals, even Republicans, are giving Biden credit for how the Russian invasion of Ukraine has been handled by the US, but not Rand. <laughs> Pointing out how horrible it was that we let Ukraine advocate for its own self-governance, right? Including its interest in joining NATO. Huh. Wonder why. Wonder why Ukraine would be interested in joining NATO. Uh yeah. Uh, you know, basically we have Rand lining up to say there are reasons for Russia to invade Ukraine, you know, because, you know, it was once part of the USSR. So watch out Texas, I guess, if, you know, Mexico wants to uh, wants to invade for Texas. There are reasons. Uh, you know, this, of course, stirred up lots of memories about how Rand has always been a Russian advocate and was once said to be working for Putin. By the late Senator John McCain. If you aren't following us on Twitter, you should. We retweeted that you know that clip of John McCain on the Senate floor talking about how Rand Paul works for Putin. Uh, so again, you know, this this DC crew, our Senate represent- representatives uh, are not exactly making us look great right now. Uh, Jenny or Kimberly, any thoughts on those two clowns?
2: I I was in St. Louis all weekend with um, amazing educational um, educational support personnel from all over the country. And it was usually, hi, my name is Jenny. I'm from Kentucky. And I'm really, really sorry about Mitch And like those were the first words out of my mouth. Every time I met someone, Um, (laughs) I wish I could say I was surprised listening to all that. But I'm not like there is no bottom. And they've taken every side of an issue. That there ever possibly could be because all they want is your vote not to be right or not to be good or whatever just that's it it's this it's sad
0: yeah yeah definitely not making us look good that's for sure uh in many circles uh you know i can't even imagine hardcore republicans are looking at this situation Go, yeah this is great <laughs> this is really fantastic uh kimberly i know that whenever uh, Rand Paul comes up, uh, you have a hard time putting it into words how much you uh, truly uh, despise the individual. But uh, anything you want to weigh on those two stories?
1: Um, basically, Aaron, I can just say this, that uh, with all of these text messages coming out uh, for the um, committee uh, for January the 6th, uh, when an actual uh, attempted coup uh, was performed on our country, on the democracy. Um, so much has come out of these text messages and and all of this that when you hear something else, you just know you can't believe any of it. Uh, most of these Republicans are not Republicans anymore. They are the party of Trump. And although they've been talking about Trump like a dog behind his back, makes no difference. They're following their leader. They're doing what their leader does. They're talking like their leader, when in all actuality, they hate it. But Rand Paul has always been known to be dumber than a bag of rocks. So uh, when he comes out with something, we can say, A, he needs to be uh, looked at for possible Um, dementia. uh, Or uh, another thing is he could be having some type of trauma uh, going on and he needs mental health emergency care. Or he could just shut the hell up, you know, and and, you know, he'll be a better person for it. So uh, I'm not surprised. I say the same thing every week. Matter of fact, I'm tired of talking about them because they are the most bull people known to mankind. They don't care about anybody. They don't even really care about themselves. So I rest my case right there, Aaron.
0: Uh, yeah, I gotcha. That is absolutely uh, accurate. These, you know, again, it's there's no, you know, ethical, you know, drive of what they're doing. They're they're really just in it for power. Mitch, uh, Mitch McConnell, you know, there's just no hiding the fact that he has no ethical red lines. I think he basically said it as much himself uh, with his interview with Jonathan Swan a couple of weeks ago. Doesn't really know what an ethical red line is. Uh, but then Rand Paul's, you know, clearly got a a very weird take on uh you know geopolitical uh situations and the fact that he's not willing to just very clearly say that russia is wrong and that there's no justification or reason for invading a peaceful neighbor, you know, uh whether they're once a part of your nation or not, uh is just you know it's embarrassing, right?
1: What's up uh, with but- his handshaking? What's up with Putin's handshaking and stuff? They're really making a A big deal out of that. It's like Hillary 2.0, you know, when they start attacking your health, uh, we don't give a damn really about Putin. And he does. And he most certainly doesn't give a damn about us. However, he was speaking, his hand was shaking. So there's some type of thought about maybe Parkinson's, which can also affect uh, the motor skills in your brain as well, not trying to give him a go pass whatsoever. But there is something definitely wrong. And Ukraine, uh, that's a funny situation, so to speak, because they had plenty of opportunity being afraid to join NATO, thinking that Russia was going to come after them. But you see what's happening. And, you know, we say we never have any money. But we sure are coming up with a whole lot of money for Ukraine, and I'm all for it. But where's the money coming from?
0: We print it. We just print it. You know, like, we got plenty of money. What are you talking about? If I print some
1: money, they're going to lock me up.
0: Well, you are not the Federal Reserve. Uh, Also, you know, when that money is going from the Fed to defense contractors, like, that is a pipeline that does not get blocked. That is not the Keystone XL, right? There's no permit being overturned for that thing. That pipeline just, you know, is unstoppable. Uh, but yeah. All right. Uh, uh, any, uh, before we move move on, any thoughts about this federal landscape or should we just uh, talk about Frankfurt now? All right, let's talk about Frankfurt. Uh, oh, so What
1: was that that just Wait. came up? Like that was- oh, yes. <laughs> That's what's up right there. Mm-hmm. Nice. Sit Uh, his butt down somewhere. I need to get a dress. This is soon, and you better not go back to uh, doing stuff on people's eyes because I wouldn't go to them.
0: We here's what I know is that to get to that party, and 195 days, 195 shopping days left, Jenny. We are going to need to first buy a pair, a good pair of walking shoes. Yes, uh, because we are going to need to walk in these neighborhoods, knock on doors drive turnout. It's a midterm. So what we know is in 195 days, the turnout will not be overwhelming because A, it's democracy in America. So mm-hmm. it's never overwhelming turnout. But at a midterm, it's even uh, even smaller uh, percentage of folks make it to the polls. So it really does matter if, you know, who they're hearing from, what they're hearing. Uh, we did a bunch of kind of uh, non-electoral canvassing over the past few months and had a lot of conversations with people not about who you're going to vote for, but just how things are going in the pandemic and, you know, how they think things are going. And I think there's a lot of distrust of the federal government. There's a lot of folks who like Andy and know that he's been working hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think when it comes to the, the feds, there's just a general, you know, a pox on both houses kind of approach. Right. Uh, so I think it's really important that we, you know, make it clear to people kind of what Rand Paul has been doing in D.C., which is, you know, not at all delivering for us. Uh, And so that's 195 days to get the word out because we, I want to go to that party. I absolutely want to go to that party.
2: You know, I'm really excited um, because very soon I'm going to get to start knocking on doors for Charles Booker, who is a friend of mine and has been a friend of mine long before he started running for this. Um, And I'm You know, I don't know that I will even waste my time talking to people at the door about Rand. I might just ask them, like, name one thing he's done that benefits you. And when they stand there in stunned silence, because there is none, um, then I can tell them about my friend Charles Booker. And I'm really excited to do this. Um, Charles is the type of guy uh, when 120 was collecting um, donations to take down to the striking miners at Black Jewel. Uh, jumped in my car randomly with Kelsey Kutz, who was a member of 120 at the time, and came down. I never met him. You know, he did not have to be there. He wasn't, he was representative Charles Booker at the time, did not have to go, but he absolutely came and Um, Helped us hand out supplies and move stuff down there and dodged cameras. I think there's just the only pictures are really just the ones we took on our cell phones there that day. Um, Just such a stand up guy. Um, He's also the guy during the pandemic. I read um, the John Lewis trilogy March. Um, He has a graphic novel series with my high schoolers. And when we got to the part during the pandemic, when we were all virtual um, and I was looking for anything to spice up a virtual lesson, we got to the part where they're at the March on Washington in book two. And I knew that Charles had recently been there and had given, um, you know, the late Representative John Lewis's speech in Washington in that spot. Yes, you got it. It's the best I had Charles come in and read that part where John Lewis gives his speech about the March on Washington. And he got to tell my high schoolers about um, what John Lewis was like. And he got to talk about what good trouble was. And it was just a wonderful day in class. And he came once last year during the pandemic. And I still have kids coming up saying that was just the coolest. And it really was. So I cannot wait to get out and knock on doors and tell people about my friend Charles.
1: Yeah. you know what yeah. uh Erin she just gave a good commercial for Charles Booker <laughs> uh, We know who she's voting for We try to keep that under wraps when it's the primary pretty much you know <laughs> but uh, we see that so I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say since so she's so cool with Charles Booker because it's not all you I know, know roses and everything because uh, I got I got a lot of people that I like but I hope I hope that he is the Democratic candidate nominee for our party. I I do belong to the Democratic Party. And, uh, you know, Charles will be the best thing since I was born. You know, that was a beautiful day, November the 18th, 1967. It was on a Saturday when I was born. But I'm going to make it look to everyone like Charles Booker is the best. And he is the best for this position over Rand Paul. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you on that. Um, The other thing that I would like to uh, bring up as far as we're talking about federally, um, I said this before, and some people didn't actually understand what I was talking about, but there is an actual uh, movement happening, not just in the African-American, demographic, but it's also happening in our Hispanic and and Latinx uh, constituency that they feel that uh, they really don't get anything uh, that they've been promised. And a lot of them are taking the stance at this point. I see it all the time on Twitter, on Facebook, that they're not coming out to vote.
0: That's that sad. So you know, sad. That's, I, mean, I definitely I feel like the the Democrats need to do a better job of, you know, delivering for constituencies that have backed them again and again and again, whether, you know, that's the black community, whether that's, you know, you know, millennials who showed up uh, in record numbers. Uh, one of the reasons was because the student debt was an issue that people were not shy about talking about on the campaign trail and have been very slow. In fact, you know, they, they held up uh debt repayments uh college education debt repayments which is great but yeah they have not cleared the decks on any of that stuff uh and you know i think it it really does matter that you deliver and you know or get caught trying right i know that the deck is stacked against them right now because joe manchin right you know they've got a a, a very bare majority in the house and a tie in the senate uh, which means Joe Manchin and any senator you know that, that that would vote with the Democrats gets to kind of veto what they don't like. Unfortunately, Joe Manchin is a very blue dog Democrat uh, and comes from a coal state. We know about coal state, uh, and you know he's he's you know blocking a lot of things that a lot of Democrats want. But is the answer then to put the Republicans in power? How are they going to deliver for those constituencies? Not at all. I understand the, you know, the dynamic, like they didn't deliver so I'll stay home, but you know, it's a binary choice. Like we've got two choices, unfortunately, and one will proactively remove the gains we've made uh, and one will try, maybe not as hard as we'd like or as vehemently as we'd like, but are trying to do the right thing. The, the thing is not to give the Senate back to Mitch McConnell, right? That's not a solution to any problem. The, the solution is give him, you know, is give Chuck Schumer two more votes. Uh, so we don't have to worry about, you know, Joe Manchin. We have got our, our charge ahead of us. Kentucky is not a state that a lot of people put on the watch list. Uh, but, you know, Jenny did a very nice commercial for Charles Booker. We were very <laughs> yes, excited we about uh, Charles Booker's yes, uh, prospect. Uh, and I would love to see, uh, you know, I would love to see him shock the world. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we don't, really endorse before the primary but there's you know it's really clear what's going to happen in the primary uh and i i think we'll be working really hard to make sure that uh rand paul remembers that he was only ever going to serve two terms in the senate so mm-hmm. let's get that done you know if he's Same not like going to respect 20 his years
1: he's been in there
0: uh yeah so he's got some uh, he's got some explaining to do uh and we need to make uh, make him uh follow through on his commitment to leave the senate uh, so uh anyway we uh I think we're going to talk a little bit about Frankfurt now. I appreciate all this DC conversation. And if you've not honestly if you've not read March I'm just going to go ahead one like you should get it. Uh, the, 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 graphic novel series is wonderful. It's a three part series, uh, good troublemaker, John Lewis, if you, you know, we adore and revere, uh, that man rest his soul and the work that he did. So anyone who appreciates John Lewis, I, I appreciate mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, let's go to Jenny though. I think she's going to give us a little bit of a, uh, her kind of breakdown of what happened in Frankfurt.
2: You know, um, thinking about Frankfurt this session, especially, um, <laughs> It sort of feels like that line from the movie that I can't remember the name of, um, the beatings will continue until morale improves. And it definitely felt like um, if you are a progressive in any form or fashion that we are still being punished for the fact that we have a democratic governor by our Republican supermajority legislature currently. Um, Some of the worst things that happened to education were the charter school bill and I believe on the House floor, Representative Chad McCoy from Bargetown um, he called um, where the two will be located in Louisville and in Northern Kentucky, he called them education deserts. Um, a report just came out um, from, I believe, US News and World Report um, just gave a listing of the best high schools in the nation. And in Kentucky, the top 10 high schools in Kentucky, six of the 10, are located in Northern Kentucky or Louisville in those education deserts. And so that's, uh, it, it, it's, it definitely, if you are a big fan of being gaslit, it was a wonderful session to ch- turn into, um, to hear things. Uh, the legislators, we got to watch them give themselves raises and then say, oh, hey, we barely increased your SEEK funding. You all should get, your districts will be able to give you raises too. So as they gave themselves raises, they gave us nothing. Um, we haven't had a raise in very, very many years. And while we are very excited that they did finally give our state workers way overdue raises, uh, it was, you know, I mean, it's a lot. It's too little too late. They've had the ability to do that for a while. However, I'm very grateful that they did give them. Um, you know, it's just we have. We. Um, It's just been incredibly frustrating to watch with Senate Bill 1 that passed, and that added uh, the former um, anti-CRT bill to it. And I've heard stories recently where uh, districts are bringing in lawyers to um, go over Senate Bill 1's implications with their history and English teachers so that teachers don't end up on the wrong side of that law. And possibly, I think there was... A mix up at the, a mix up at the end where they discovered we could possibly go to jail if we were found guilty of teaching. I, I don't know. Um, it was incredibly confusing and it felt very that they were legislating punitively. Um, and I'm very thankful it's over. It couldn't have ended a second earlier um, than it did. I. I <laughs> unless we change the deck this is what we should continue to expect from frankfurt and i wish i could i'm usually a pretty positive person and pretty optimistic i just i don't see it any we're not going to get a different result unless we change the players that are in frankfurt and that's the sad truth
0: yeah i think i think that makes a lot of sense i think you know these guys have proven what they care about right again and again and again each session they've been back there since they've had their super majority You know, it's a pretty clear agenda. Take power from the governor. Like, that's the number one thing they want to do is figure out different (laughs) ways to make make sure he doesn't have any power or any influence. uh, And that they, as a part time legislative body, run the state as much as they possibly can. Uh, You know, and they don't really care about the impact on rate payers. We talked about this in the past, the fact that they would not uh, approve his appointees to the Public Service Commission. So the Public Service Commission can't do their job of regulating utilities. Like, you know, the the most important thing that, you know, uh, that could happen for a lot of people right now struggling with high, you know, high home heating uh, bills. So really just they don't care about the impact, right? They just want to, you know, advance their agenda. So you know, more more of our tax dollars to corporate interest, however that shakes out, you know, clearly the charter school bill is a very big piece of that, and they're willing to lie and cheat and steal to get there, you know, whatever uh you call them, you know, shenanigans or hijinks you know, but basically breaking the rules of how legislation is handled so that they could win the day. Right. Uh and of course, you know, McCoy, it seems like yeah, that's quite a lie, right? Calling them an education deserts when they've actually got some of the best high schools in Kentucky in those areas. Like what a, you know, just filthy, slimy, and of course no one's going to check them because, you know, they're just trying to win and they don't really care what they have to do to do it. So exactly. it is uh, you know, there this idea though, elections should have consequences. We've seen their agenda. If you like their agenda, keep voting for them, right? Mm-hmm. If you like the war on the poor that they've, uh, they've prosecuted, if you like the war on teachers, the war on public education, if this is all good for you, if that's what you want out of your representatives mm-hmm. representative in Frankfurt, you're probably not watching this show. But, uh, you, you know, you should be happy. I think most of the public wouldn't like that. I think most of the public doesn't really pay that much attention, though, uh, which is my hobby horse on this and why we do this show is to try to, like, make it simple, make sure people know what's happening, uh, you know, and, and I don't think this show is going to, like, solve the problem. But maybe it can inspire a few more people to get out there and knock on doors and remind people what ha- what ha- what's happened and the choices that we've got. Uh, at the leg- uh, legislative level here in Kentucky, so we can send better people back there. You know, mm-hmm. again, 195 days till November eighth. We've got some work to do. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's no law that says like even even though they they redistrict and made things as kind of good for them as they possibly could. This GOP supermajority, you know, it's a, these are low turnout elections. If enough people pay attention and wake up a bit, you know, we can sway the impact. We can, you know, we can get some more common sense, get better folks back there to do the right thing for us. Uh, we had uh, State Senator Reggie Thomas on last week, you know, and he, he he's a very positive individual. And he did show, he came up with a few things to say that this was good. And like, they, they spent more money on mental health services and social services for uh, some specific areas, which he, he thought was great. But yeah, he, even he, I think, was challenged to to come up with anything good that those guys were doing back there. So we need to send better people to to work with folks like representative Colonel Pam, uh, you know, and, uh, Senator Reggie Thomas for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's, it's really critical that we pay attention and and get out the vote. So, uh, any other Kimberly, any other thoughts about Frankfurt, uh, before we move on?
1: Um, just the same thing is, it's getting pretty redundant, actually. Um, what they do, uh, when you talk about, um, the different bills and things that our great governor, Andy Bashir vetoed and they went along with it anyway, such as teaching. Uh, and I think I've said this before, uh, critical race theory. Why is it even called anything? It's just history. You know, uh, we have to remind ourselves of the things that have happened so they will not happen to us again. Uh, just like 9-11, just like how we, uh, remember uh, Pearl Harbor. We remember the Holocaust and everything else. All of this, uh, even the dirty deeds that our country has been uh, guilty of still is part of history. Mm-hmm. And we need to be taught history. When I was in school, they did a piss poor job of teaching history then. And it's still that way today. And I've been out of high school uh, for two years now, you know.
2: <laughs> I I can speak to the fact that it is not that way right now. Um, we I teach in a history class and we have ch- we, we've revamped all of it. We use primary sources. We don't open a textbook and sit and get anymore. We have the kids dive in. Um, if you want to know if the Civil War was fought over slavery, I'm going to hand you their constitution where it's mentioned 20 times. And so we don't have to guess anymore or pretend like states' rights is a real answer to that question. Um, So I am very proud of the strides we have made in Kentucky. CRT, critical race theory, is a thing for uh, college legal classes. It is not taught in K through 12 schools anywhere, but it has become the catch-all phrase for um, the right to beat public schools over the head. They're going to find a new mallet every year and they're going to make it as emotionally charged as possible. Most of the people who are against CRT have no idea what it is and cannot define it. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're ever, even if you explain to them that it's not happening, they still think it's bad. Um, I tell kids all the time because you know what? Humans are not great throughout history, period. In we don't always make the best choices, but we start to make better ones when we can look at what we did in the past. And that's why we have to learn it so that we do better and, t- and we treat each other better as people. And that's the goal.
1: So I remember in yeah. my children as well, you know, cause I would ask them they're grown now. Uh, they're 31 and 34 when graduated in 2006, uh, from Sacred Heart Academy here in Louisville. And then my son graduated in two thousand ten at Atherton High School here in Louisville. But it's like, they I understand what you're saying as far as you can give them the Emancipation Declaration, all of those type of things. but are we really teaching the kids the absolute, unadulterated truth? Do we teach them about the Winnie, the uh, Willie Lynch papers, which uh, everyone knows that was a psychological murder and that trauma carries all the way today. And when he did his speech uh, to the slave owners, Uh, Basically, he said, this will carry over for 300 to 400 years. In 2012, we were at 300 years. So uh, as a grown woman, I had to go and find out a lot of things. And I thank God that my daughter went to uh, HBCU. Uh, she came out of Howard University, and it was such a pleasure for her to call home every week and tell me about the great things that she had learned about um, her history, mm-hmm. things that her own mother couldn't teach her, things that school was not going to teach. Uh, do we teach our kids about buck breaking? Do we teach our kids about the whippings? Do we teach our kids about uh, why they don't, especially our uh, children of color, do they understand uh, that they're living and and why they really don't know who they are? Uh, They can go to a store and get some Kente cloth and wear a shirt or a bandana, but they're picking out the wrong thing because each tribe had its own design of the African cloth and 95% of at least black Americans, I can speak on that uh, particular uh, demographic. We don't know where we came from. We can get uh, an ancestry test. Uh, My daughter did as well. And we come from Egypt on my mom's side, which is Africa, and uh, on her father's side, uh, West Africa. But what tribe did we come from? Who was our great-great-grandmother? Do we teach our children how babies were taken, taken out of their arms as soon as they had them? Do, do, we, do we teach them about how the man, the, uh, the slave, was taken away from his family and maybe had to go to another plantation or the mother and never to be able to find each other again. And we need to teach them the truth about all history, because then our children can understand why things are the way that they are today in order to understand today and tomorrow, we must have complete understanding, at least 50% of understanding of our history.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is definitely, uh, you know, I, I think strides have been made. It's been a while Mm -hmm. since I've set foot in a high school, you know, like, uh, but it, you know, absolutely Mm -hmm. what, what they've done in Frankfurt is not to make it better is to in fact, you know, make it worse because probably yeah, because it was getting better. Right. And you that's know? absolutely
2: <laughs> true. Um, you know, I, I the obviously um, I wish I had kids for a lot longer and I wish I had them for a bunch of courses so that we could cover tons of those things. I think the idea and the shift into out of textbooks into primary sources is so is because we are teaching kids to evaluate the sources because I, you know, I'm covering 300 years of history in one, hour a day, five days a week for nine months. I can't I can't hit it all like I'd love to. But what we are teaching kids how to do is to evaluate those primary sources, where to find them, how do I find um, journals of people who were formerly enslaved? that They wrote, you know, where do we find these where we find source things that are going to be accurate or primary and teach them what a primary source is. And it's coming from there. And how do you even evaluate a primary source? Is it a good primary source or is it super biased? And we need to screen for that. Um, We teach them how to look through things through the lens of history. What was going on at this time? What language should I expect to read? What, you know, what were the motivations of the author when they were writing this? We really do dive into that. So I can't teach them everything, but I can give them the tools that they can go out and learn that independently, because that's ultimately what I want. Like, they're not going to be in my classroom forever. I need an adult that can do this. And are we... If anything, our recent history has shown us that this skill of being able to look and find accurate information for adults is severely lacking. So this was a huge shift that we were able to make in Kentucky. And it's only been going on for like two or three years, really, in fidelity. Um, Louisville is doing a great job of it and sort of leading the rest of the state in how we do this. And so we are like it's the way the kids are investigating and really digging into history and asking those questions. Um, it's, it's so much better than it was. And I'm really excited. And do we have further, we can go? Absolutely. We can always do better. And I, you know, I'm open to suggestions of how we can do that. I'd love to incorporate more and more courses so that kids can dive in while they're in high school. But, um, yeah, so I absolutely honor and appreciate your answer. And you're absolutely right. All history does need to be taught and I'm happy to prepare kids to be able to read and absorb that, you know?
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, what we know is that the legislature did no favors for teachers, teachers. They did no favors for education. Uh, It was one of a, you know, a long list of horrible policies uh, that they enacted. So, you know, one, one theme of the show is political accountability. If you don't like what they did, we need to hold them accountable. But again, we need to make sure everyone knows what happened. Uh, So we have a, we have a poll that we have launched. We launched it last week. Uh, It's been live for about a week. We're asking people to rank their personal top five worst things this legislature did uh, back in Frankfurt. Uh, you know, And there's a lot to pick from. I'm going to warn you. It's not a fun process to look at it all and make some decisions. We didn't hit everything, I'm sorry to say. But I think we've got a good uh, list for you to pick from. We are trying to get Here's why we want to do it. Not just so you can, like, you know, torment yourself by looking again at, at what they they did, back there. but we uh, if we get five hundred responses, we think it'll be a media worthy list. If we can announce that top five of here's the you know, the people, the progressive folks in Kentucky said this is what we thought was the worst. We can then uh, release that to the media and we get one more bite of the apple of reminding the state what they did and what how bad it was. So again, like, we have got to figure out ways to ensure that people get beat over the head with how horrible the General Assembly has been under this GOP supermajority leadership, right? So that's why I want you to take that poll. That's why I need you to take that poll. I want, I need you to take that poll and share it with, you know, even your like, you know, not very political friends, right? So they see, oh my gosh, they did all this stuff. Yikes, how can I even pick? Well, you got to pick. Uh, But, you know, we really do, we do really need uh, uh, a solid, we're at about 100 responses right now. So that means some of our best friends have not taken it and they haven't shared with their friends. So please do spread the word uh, and, 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 uh, and spend a little bit of time with that, that laundry list of horrible policies that they have enacted. All right. Is that all good? Any questions about the poll?
1: I know you were talking about me. I haven't taken the poll yet. Take and the I poll. haven't sent it out to all my people. Take, well, please forgive me.
0: You're <laughs> forgiven. I, there's no yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not holding a grudge. I'm just saying, saying do it. Do it, people. Spread the word. All right. Uh we are gonna uh we're gonna move to our guests because we are running long. Aaron, uh, I have
1: got to do this. I can do it in less than three minutes. I
0: asked you like four times if you were going to do it, and you never answered my question. So I, said, I yes.
1: uh, <laughs> can I just real quick, I read my taglines. This is some stuff you need to know. All right, okay, I all know right. you guys are going to be trying to come to Louisville for the Kentucky Derby. There's a few things that you may want to know before you come down here. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, number one, if you want to come down here and spend the night at a hotel. Uh, hotel rooms are now exceeding more than $3,000 per night. Yeah. So you're going to have to pull that American express out to do a little bit of sleeping in the hotel room here in Louisville. Then also I want to tell you this, that Biden, he granted clemency to 78 individuals. And one of those 78 was a man right here in Kentucky. Okay. Then also, we have a Kentucky mental health program happening right now, and they feel very strongly with this Kentucky mental health initiative that they will get some nuggets out of that to know how to possibly create this new criminal justice reform. Uh, also, our governor, Governor Andy Bashir, whom we love, he authorized uh, some research on cannabis. Uh, He did make a promise to us about looking more into it and hopefully maybe making a medicinal uh, cannabis uh, available and uh, here in Kentucky. So there is a third party doing research on cannabis right now. Now, also want to let you know that there was a Kentucky provider uh, right here in Kentucky. Both abortion clinics were right here in Kentucky. Uh, One was EMW. And let me just tell you that a judge uh, blocked the law and that the EMW surgical uh, facility has now resumed back to doing uh, reproductive health care and abortions. Uh, there up to 22 weeks. Then also, if you're coming to Louisville for Derby, uh, they want you to be aware that uh, we do set very, very high when it comes to human trafficking right here in Louisville. Yes, I said it right here in Louisville. Uh, but I used to think me being a middle aged woman and, you know, got a little weight on me that they wouldn't want this old woman. Well, let me tell you, they're snatching us up us older people now as well and men, not only for human trafficking, but also uh, organ harvesting, okay? Then I know you all gonna be glad about this. Watch, watch, watch. Trump is coming to the Derby. I know you're gonna hurry up and get your box seats now because he's coming to the Derby. And guess what? You have to spend $75,000 to eat a meal with him, yes. $75,000. $75,000. So you have to spend $3,000 a night for your hotel room, $75,000 just to be with Trump at the Churchill downs as a fundraiser for his uh, campaign. And one last thing that gives me pause and makes me feel very bad. I don't know if you all have looked at, uh, the show called the first ladies, I believe it's on showtime and that great Emmy, uh, excuse me, Tony award winner, uh, Academy Oscar winner Viola Davis played Michelle Obama in this series and she is coming against so much criticism and even our former first lady Michelle Obama kind of ripped Viola Davis a new one back to you Aaron
0: there's there's a lot to process in that uh, under 5 minutes Organ harvesting? What are you talking about? What in the world? We need to be mindful walking down the street. It's Louisville to go to the derby because people are going to come and steal us, uh, steal our organs.
1: What are you? Where are you getting this? I need a source. You can definitely go online and look it up for yourself. You can look it up through the Louisville Metro Police Department oh. and also the FBI. That's where I got my information.
0: Okay, yeah, it's gonna, we're gonna need to look at that, and it's gonna be in the show notes, uh, uh, so we can have that FBI warning about organ harvesting. Uh, all right, so we are gonna move on to our guest because he's been waiting for quite a while and we've run a little bit long. Uh, but really excited to have with us us Bruce Maples, the publisher of Forward Kentucky. Forward Kentucky, you know, friend of Progress Kentucky for sure, uh, you know, part of this uh, larger you know, effort to engage uh, voters in our Commonwealth, give them the tools, and the information they need to make a more progressive Kentucky. So uh, really excited to have him on. He's, he's got a new tool to help folks uh, stay informed and engaged. Uh, Bruce, uh, welcome. Thank you. Very glad to be here. Uh, I love Bruce's backdrop. It always makes me feel so much calmer. Uh, you know, it just seems like he's got he's got a very very chill setup there at Forward Kentucky with the clocks uh, and the dark wood. But uh, Bruce, tell us about what Forward Kentucky is up to right now. Tell us about this new tool. How can people use it? What does it do? And even maybe you're going to show us
3: uh, uh, how it works. Yes, um, we have provided for a number of years every session we have provided a bill tracker. So, people who were members of Forward Kentucky could take advantage of the bill tracker to follow whatever bills they wanted. Uh, the bill tracker is wonderful software that literally tracks every bill that is filed and so, and tracks it through the legislature. But one of the things that the bill tracker also provides is a legislator scorecard. So you set it up and then you can share it on a page on your website, which is what I've done. Uh, you choose the bills that you want to score on. So we don't score all thousand plus bills and we don't even score all 400 bills that passed. We pick the ones we want to, that we think are worth scoring on. And then uh, we assign each one a position, Uh Strongly support, support, oppose, strongly oppose. And then there are two numbers that come out of this thing for all the legislators. One is a vote percentage. What percentage of the time did they vote the way Forward Kentucky wanted them to vote? But in addition, there's a point total because each of those positions I named has a point assigned to it. So If you vote for a bill that we strongly support, you get five points. If you vote against a bill that we strongly support, you get negative five points. And then same thing for support and oppose. And finally, we give one point for bills that you sponsor that we are scoring. So if you sponsor a bill that we like and you vote for it, then you can theoretically get six points off that bill. So there are two numbers. There's the voting percentage number, and then there's the total points score. Uh, The voting percentage number is a percentage because not everybody has the same um, number of times they can vote, not everybody has the same opportunity. So it's a percentage, but the point thing is points. And I have to tell you, I mean, I can't claim any credit other than setting it up. The software comes from a company called Legiscan, and they literally are in all 50 states. Uh, They do this for all sorts of organizations. They do it even for organizations that are multi-state. And once you set it up, it's got all these features. So I guess the best thing would be for me to show it to you. So can I do that? Yeah, please do. Share screen. Uh, Okay, let's see. Share screen. Uh, uh, Now it's going to want something. Let's see. Um, Okay, I don't care about that. So I'm going to share my entire screen, and then I'm going to jump over there. Whoops. All right, can you see the website? No. No. Okay, so, great. Uh, Go to system... Sorry, I should have checked this before we did this. Uh, Allow the apps below. Give me just a second. I'm going to have to give StreamYard permission. Uh, Yes, that's fine.
0: So this is a drinking game. Is that what you're saying, Bruce? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Uh, Excellent only way to make this uh, legislative general assembly at all palatable is drink well. Okay,
3: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave and come back. Okay, give me just a second. Maybe you can
0: talk. We'll talk amongst ourselves uh, about this. Uh, yeah, I, I think they should have points. I think they should all be negative points probably, uh, but I'm excited to see what Bruce uh, comes up with. Uh, but I think it's important that we, you know, share this stuff widely so people can see kind of how their legislators, because you know they always seem so nice, right? Don't it's like so the leg- meet the legislators and they're like so nice, and then you look closely at their voting record and you're like, wow, they're doing horrible things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just seem so nice at the county fair. Um, why would they do that? Why would they, you know, stab teachers in the back? Uh, Bruce, how are we doing on this? Oh look, I see some I see some sharing. Wow, that is down the
3: wormhole. All right. Okay, Bruce. now can you see the website? I, I can, yes. Okay, so you come to forwardky.com awesome. and right here is the choice for the scorecard. Okay. And so you go to the scorecard if it'll load. There we go. Okay, so there's all this explanation on the page, but here is the actual scorecard. And when you start out, it is sorted by vote index across both chambers. And so Denise Harper-Angel and Reggie Thomas voted the way we wanted them to vote 99% of the time. Uh, yeah, Reggie Josie, Thomas.
0: Friend of the show, Reggie Thomas.
3: Josie, Karen, etc. So, and it goes all the way down, you know, through every legislator, including the Republicans. And you can see that the percentage they voted with us is lower and lower and lower. So let me ask you a question. Who do you think is the most regressive legislator in Frankfurt? Uh,
0: my guess, uh, my guess is Damon Thayer. Uh, what, Jenny, what do, do you have a guess?
2: Savannah Maddox.
0: Oh, that's a good guess. Good guess. Uh, Kimberly, you got a guess? You're muted.
1: I was going to say, Savannah, she's right. She's a mess.
3: Well, I will tell you that it's none of those. Oh, and it's not even close.
0: Oh. The really? most
3: aggressive
2: oh. <laughs> legislator
3: is John Schickel. Huh. And I mean by a lot. <laughs> Now, Damon Thayer's down there.
0: Oh, that's pretty close.
3: You know, yes. uh, yes. Savannah. Uh, Savannah. Savannah voted the way we wanted 32% of the time,
1: hmm.
3: which is odd. Uh, but then you can go back up and you can see that, uh, you know, you get up to the very top of the Republicans, and Killian Timoney is the most progressive Republican, and he voted with us 55% of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you you scroll on up and whoops sorry so that's how that goes you can filter this I'm not going to go through all the, the permutations let's sort by score so the highest scoring legislator was Josie Raymond in fact the top four are women Josie, Tina, Lisa Wilner and Rachel Roberts mm-hmm. and then here's Buddy Wheatley and Derek Graham and Joni Jenkins and so on and so forth so you can see all the points here, and again, if we sort it by score and put the low scores on top, there's Mr. Schickle. Um, I mean, it's not even close. So that's the this, this summary page. Now, each of these names is clickable, so if you click on Josie Raymond, you'll be taken to her page, and once you're on her page, you can see how she voted on all the bills we care about. It wasn't 100%. She didn't vote our way 100%. You see all these green votes over here. The one she she didn't agree with was we supported 608, and she voted against it.
0: Those are the gray machines?
3: Yeah, the the gaming machines out in the state. Yeah. Um, And that's the only one. And then at the bottom of her page is here, the bills that she sponsored that we cared about. So all of that is just in that one thing. Then you can go to legislation and you can see all the bills we cared about and how far they got and so on and so forth. So, you know, you can see if it's a positive number, we supported it. If it's a negative number, we, uh, opposed it so if you sort by uh vote rating so hb2 hb230 hb29 all of these hb3 obviously uh all of these are ones that that we opposed if you again sort it by positive this was the juneteenth bill that crossed over and never got a vote uh the medical medicinal cannabis uh, there were, you know, a number of these. This one got signed, actually. So you can look at all of those. Okay. okay. Then you can go to bill score and you can compare by bill how somebody voted. So if we sort by thing again, well, not John, I don't want to look at John. Uh, so Josie Raymond, here's all the bills that she voted on and the, and the points she got and so on and so forth. Now, this is an interesting tab, the Vote Index. This is a bar score of all the scores across all the legislators. And if you hover over one, you can see who it is. So, uh, interestingly, uh, Mary Lou voted with us 83% of the time. The lowest scoring Democrat was Ashley Lafferty. The highest scoring, I already pointed out, was Killian Timoney. And here's... Good old John Shickle. That is that is a remarkably poor score, even for the Republican. That is Yeah. I mean music. you look at across the Republicans and, and you know here's just to grab one, Felicia Rayburn voted with us 37% of the time. You know. That's so that's, Bruce, does this I don't suppose
0: that Bill Tracker does anything to like really capture the people who I don't know. Like, so say medical marijuana, where it passed in the House, but then just didn't get anywhere in the Senate. There's, is there any, like, does the, how do, okay, so I should know this, but I don't. How does, so it's the Senate committee chair who decides whether or not it gets picked up, or is it the, just the leader of the Senate that decides what's going to get, you know, assigned to a committee? Or is it the committee on committees that decides? Like, How, do, how, come, no, the, how come the medical well, marijuana bill never got picked up in the Senate? And can we score somebody poorly for that decision?
3: Well, okay. The, the medical marijuana bill, yes, you could if you wanted to go to the trouble to track votes like that. It really, Bill Tracker and this scorecard really doesn't do committee work. It's mainly votes on the floor. Uh, So committee on committees has to decide which committee it goes to. Then the committee chair has to decide to give it a hearing. And then the committee chair has to decide to give it a vote. It has to make it out of committee and onto the floor. And then the rules committee decides whether or not it gets a vote on the floor. So for a bill to actually get to the floor and get passed is a multi-step process. And all along the way, it can be stopped. Uh, Medical marijuana passed the house pretty much overwhelmingly got to the Senate and I don't think it even had a committee hearing. I could be wrong. I'd have to go back and look. Um, well, that you One know, I think that's and I, I just... definitely understand this tool is not
0: you know for every permutation of what it's a pretty complicated process. But you know, I think for some of these things, we should do that due diligence and tell that story because you know, medical marijuana is incredibly popular across the state. And once again, our legislators chose not legislators chose not to move forward despite some actual Republican leadership in the House of Representatives. So you know, yeah. we need to we need to tell that story. All right, so Bruce, this is a wonderful tool. We've shared the link. Uh, So people can find it for themselves. Uh, Do you need to be a member of Forward Kentucky to
3: use it or or is it open to everyone? Normally, yes, but I decided to make it public this year. So anybody, anywhere can go to the website and use this tool. Awesome. That is a huge,
0: you know, again... Forward Kentucky is an amazing resource for anyone who cares about politics uh, in Kentucky. I would encourage everyone to go to the website, to subscribe, to join so you get access to everything. Uh, but Bruce is uh, doing, I think, really important work to help give us more information, more tools, more of an ability to hold our legislators accountable. Uh, and, uh, and thank you so much for coming on and sharing this with us.
3: Can I share one other thing very quickly? Sure. So, right next to the scorecard is this next menu choice called Election Central, and this is a section of the site that we are rolling out. Um, It's got uh, a lot of data in it already. It's going to have more data in it eventually, uh, including a page for every competitive race uh, with campaign finances and comm channels. And if you want to go see where there might be some pickups, you can go to the uh, last election page. And this is a sortable table. So you can look and see, okay, what were the winning percentages? Well, Robbie Mills won by 3%. You know, so real quickly, you can say, well, here's some places we might want to Mm -hmm. focus. But that's not all. There's a lot of data in here. And this is for members only so if you want to use election central you've got to be a member all so, right
0: good plug good plug for membership how much does membership cost bruce
3: uh we are having a flash sale right now it's normally nine dollars a month uh ongoing right now it's six dollars a month for the next six months so you know i, I there are people for whom maybe six dollars a month is even that is impossible. Uh, You can become a subscriber, which means you get emails and you have access to most of the site, but the members have access to everything and they get special perks. Like last night we had meet the author night. We had a webinar with one of our authors who was very interesting, actually. Cool. So, yeah. Extra perks for membership. You get the Damon Thayer
0: nudes, you get uh <laughs> all the one-on-one exclusives. Where's with the
3: these. bleach?
1: Of, <laughs> I'm gonna head. I'm gonna spend six dollars because I want to be in on the flash sale. You can never say I'm one to miss a sale, hey. and this is like great information. I could see myself like just going just spending hours looking at all of it. I love this kind of stuff. Well,
0: I we'd love to have you. All right. Well, Bruce, we loved having you. Uh, Thank you so much for uh, the work you do, for coming on and sharing this tool with us. Uh, Go take advantage of it, folks. Get the the backstory of your legislator, you know, maybe... Maybe you still think he's the nice guy you met at the county fair. I promise you, if he's a Republican uh, or she's a Republican, she's doing some stuff you probably don't want her to be doing mm-hmm. for you in Frankfurt or to you in Frankfurt. So go check it out. Get the backstory. Know why they need to be, you know, if they're part of this supermajority, we need to get rid of them. We, we honestly do. Uh, you can, you know, go ahead and look at the, the, the election central and try to, try to find how close uh, that election was. Although to be fair, there's been some redistricting. So those numbers might might not be as uh, predictive uh, this time around. True. But the reality of it is we got it like, you know, wherever you vote, get informed, get engaged, find a better alternative and get behind them because we just really do need to see some change in Frankfurt. Uh, I know all of our uh, guests and co-hosts agree with that one. So folks, thanks again. I think we're going to need to close out our show right now. I think, Kimberly, uh, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we have any... Uh, calendar items today. I think it's just kind of a a close this island out.
1: Okay. Thank you. Um, Just want to say thank you to uh, Jenny tonight. She did wonderful. I feel like I got another sister in the fight. That's always a good thing. And then also to Mr. Bruce Maples. Uh, I've been a, a fan of his for quite some time. Very, very brilliant man, and I'm so glad that we had him tonight. And you know, thank you, Aaron. You know, you're the best host besides one other person I know, and uh, the best. I really appreciate that. So, uh, we're gonna be back next week, yes, we are. And on May the 11th, uh, we'll be joined by the three progressives that are running. Uh, for the at-large spots on Lexington City Council. Uh, May the 17th is very much fast approaching, and we wanted to continue to help voters sort out their opinions and options and learn about the local elections process. So you can log on to hear from uh, Dan Wu, uh, Arnold Farr, and James Brown. Woo, James Brown. Okay, I got to do a little disclaimer for us. And I'm going to say Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit organization registered with the Kentucky Secretary of State, organized as a 501C4, is affiliated with the Indivisible Project and the Commonwealth Alliance Voter Engagement, otherwise known as CAVE. Also, Progress Kentucky's goal is to educate, organize, increase voter turnout, and advance a very progressive agenda through civic engagement. Uh, the logo and some graphic content was provided by Couchfire Media. Uh, you can see more of what they have to offer at couchfiremedia.com. And uh, production this evening was done by our own Nate Orshan. Otherwise, I affectionately call him Nate Dog. And he did a great, a great, great job tonight. And uh, we appreciate you, Nate. Uh, also, uh, we want to thank you for the theme song as well, Nate. I mean, I say the same thing every week. If you all are not going to natosongs.com, and that's n a t o songs.com to see this collection of music and how talented he is, you, my dear, are missing out. I promise you that. And if you miss our weekly live stream on Facebook, Don't worry, you can always go back on our page and you can rewatch our shows and our source links uh, on Facebook. Also, you can listen to us while you're at work, uh, while you're out doing your yard, while you're shopping. Uh, Our audio podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and just about everywhere that you get your podcast. And I just wanna say this to you guys, thank you for rolling with us. Uh, We love you, we love our viewers, Uh, we love your comments. And not only that, just do something nice for someone today. Today is hump day, you've almost made it through the week. Do something nice for somebody, you know, just bring them a coffee, uh, a little card, a phone call, a text, and it'll all be well within for yourself because when you bless others, it's the law. What goes up must come down. When you do good for others, good will come to you. And until next next week, 7 p.m., same bat channel, same time. See you then. Have a great week.